We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am Jethro Jones, your host, and I am excited to invite you to participate in the Transformative Leadership Summit happening August 1st through 14th. We are going to have a great list of amazing guests who will be presenting Jerry Pascal, John Wenstrom, Bill Ziegler, Chris Weiger, Justin Bader, Will Parker, and a host of other amazing principals and leaders to help you be the best principal you can be. Go to transformativeleadershipsummit.com to sign up. Welcome to the Transformative Principle. Today, I get the mic turned around on me and in my mastermind, the members of the mastermind wanted to hear what my insights and takeaways were from the Transformative Leadership Summit, which today, when this releases, August 14th is the last day. However, the all-access pass will still be available to anybody who is interested in getting that. So you can go back and listen to everything that you have learned from the summit and be able to find a way to implement some of those things. So Uh, That's at transformativeleadershipsummit.com, and this is uh, a recording of my mastermind, and this is typically when um, we, you know, each week get together and talk about how we can improve our schools and uh, have authentic and deep conversations uh, like we do in this upcoming episode. So we meet for an hour each week. And that's the gold level of the mastermind. The silver level of the mastermind is a once a month meeting as a once a week might be too much for some people. It's been awesome for us. Anyway, if you're interested in that, you can go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind and set up a call with me to talk a little bit more about that. You can hear them talk about how good the mastermind has been for them. So Thanks for listening, and thanks for participating in the Transformative Leadership Summit. If you did, and if you didn't, it's not too late. Jump over there and learn from some awesome people. I didn't want to sound like one. (laughs) We're now being recorded. I heard it. It just just popped on. Play nice, Kevin.
That's right. Where's Margaret? Right. Where's Margaret? Um, I think she's stuck in a training today. So she's. She heard uh, that Jethro was going to record this and she was like, <laughs> I'm not showing up. Yeah. So, okay, here's the question. Tell us more about the summit and some of the highlights for you, both professionally and personally. Okay. Wait, so that was a pretty good question, huh? That was a big question. So professionally and personally, let me, did you have like something specific about the summit or just like, is that I was was really in awe of the amount and types of presenters and what was your selection process and maybe key, I know you had key insights from many of the presenters, but what were some of the highlights for you in what you work that you do? Okay. So the, let's talk about the selection process first. And I want to start that by talking about my selection process for the Transformative Principle podcast, because I think that that plays in. One of the things that I learned early on is that there are amazing principles all over the place that are doing really awesome things. And what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to only focus on the big names or the famous people or anything like that. And so for my podcast, my goal was to find normal everyday principles that were being transformative in their leadership and taking their schools to new heights, but weren't like getting all these other accolades. So the very first person that I interviewed for my podcast was Sandra Jolovich Motes, who was a principal of D Elementary School in Ogden, which was the worst school in Utah just a couple of years before she was there. And then she came and brought it into the top 10. And that kind of a turnaround is incredible and thrilling and exciting because that's like changing kids' futures in a very real sense. And it's not just about the test scores, but the confidence that it brings, the collaboration that the teachers have, all those things that come in really make an impact on those kids. And so I wanted to find um, uh, principals who were doing these awesome things. Now, since then, it's evolved a little bit, and I've really been looking for people who are doing transformative leadership practices no matter where they are. And so I've branched out to find people who are you know, doing different kinds of leadership things like his name is escaping me now, but the one with the book clubs that you've uh, listened to and got his book built to lead. I can't remember his name now. (laughs) David Long. Long. Thank you. Yes. So I I branched out to someone like him. Then uh, this year I took part in a couple of summits in the spring and I've really been wanting to do something more with the podcast to get more people involved, to make it a bigger thing. And in my DISC personality profile, it talks about how if I don't infuse some excitement into something, then I get kind of bored with it. And so I want to infuse some excitement into it and not be not see it as just a routine anymore. And so I thought the summit would be a good thing to do. I did not realize that it was going to be as much work as it was. And I, it took a long time to do everything, way more time than I thought it would and way more money than I thought it would. And it was uh, just a, a really big investment all across the board. And so most of my summer was spent calling, contacting people, lining up interviews, having interviews fall through, 
getting all ready for them and then having them not happen and then rescheduling. And then, as you know, my father passed away this summer. And so that complicated things. And it was, there was just a whole bunch that, that went into it, that made it really, it just took a lot of time. Everything did. And so as far as my selection process, and that's not a complaint, by the way, just to be clear, this was incredibly fulfilling for me professionally and personally to be able to to do something and to create something powerful was really just awesome. So as far as the selection criteria, it really came down to who are the people that I can connect with that I think are amazing that I can learn from that other people will want to learn from as well. And so I went through and found people that were really amazing, but maybe people don't know about them and and wanted to invite those people. I found people that were really amazing that a lot of people know about and wanted to attract them. And the the first person that I approached about it, which is crazy now that I think about it, was um, Seth Godin. And Seth was incredibly gracious with his time and I couldn't believe that he, I emailed him and he actually emailed me back and he said he had a couple of questions and to call him. And I was like, what, (laughs) who is this guy? How is he like so generous and kind? Because I'm sure he gets a million requests every day. So I called him and he said that he wasn't interested in being part of the summit, but he was willing to be on the podcast. And well, he didn't even say he was willing to be on the podcast. He just said he was willing to do something else. And I said, okay, well, how about you be on my podcast? And then he agreed to do an interview for that. Now, what was really cool about that is that I had this great amount of trepidation, fear, and uneasiness to ask someone like him to be part of this. And and one thing that I've learned over and over in this is when you're afraid of something, that's when you need to just go and do it. And so that is my first lesson. And there's another part to that that I'm going to add in a little bit. But asking some of these people like Liz Wiseman, who is a best-selling author and who has worked with Apple and eBay and all these big, huge tech companies, why would she give me any time at all to talk to her, right? But she was willing to. Same thing with Ray McNulty. He was presenting at a conference and I was at a conference and we were able to connect and I asked him if he'd be interested and he was like, oh yeah, absolutely. And there I was totally afraid to ask him because I was afraid of rejection and he was totally on board and it was, it was awesome that he was willing to do that. So that's the same for like pretty much every single person that I interviewed that I get nervous to ask people because I'm afraid people are going to say no. And then I ask them and then people are so generous. I get surprised every time you'd think I'd figure this out, but, but I haven't. So the second part is I I've been afraid for a long time to charge people any money for doing anything. And so that just has been difficult for me. And it's scary to ask people to give you money. You need to provide a good value. I want people to definitely feel like they're getting their money's worth. And as I've talked to people, I have felt like they have felt like they've gotten their money's worth and I want them to get more than their money's worth. So they walk away feeling like, 
that was a good investment and that was worth it. And I want to do that again. And so I really tried when I was doing the selection process to find people who were, who were going to bring that kind of value, even if, or regardless of whether they were well-known or not. And so I also wanted it to be accessible to everybody. So making sure that it was free for part of it so that anybody who didn't have the financial means to, to buy the all access pass, they could still get great benefit from it. And so far that's been really cool that that has actually worked out and it's been really humbling for me to, to learn from all of these awesome people. So really I just wanted people who would help leaders improve their schools with the knowledge that they have. And I feel like every single person has brought an incredible amount of value and made it a completely worthwhile experience uh, for everybody there. Any follow-up on that? Anything I didn't explain well enough? I really appreciate what you said about the folks that participated. The two words that you used were generous and kind. And to me, I kept feeling that over and over again. They are educators at heart and they have this need desire to share what they know and their kindness just radiated in all of their interviews and I was just incredibly impressed with their generosity and and humbleness Mm -hmm. Uh, you know I am just trying to do the best that I can do and this is what I know and use it and as it applies to you and it was just they were just all very humble and I just Mm -hmm. a knowledge rich And, you know, I'm really excited and I just listened to uh, it in my car on the way to work, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of inspiration before I hit the road. Yeah. You know, that was really my goal was to provide that for people. And um, as you know, one of my uh, strengths in the strength finder is connectedness. And so I can, I can connect with people and um, the woo winning others over. I think that those help me get people to say yes. And that to me is a gift that I should be sharing with people. And so I do believe that anybody can go start a podcast or do a summit or whatever. I believe that my strengths allow me to do that and just go out and get it done. And so I want to do that and share that with as many people as I can. And so, you know, to me, that is what is fulfilling to me is helping other people. And that's really what has, what has happened for me over the last couple months as I've been preparing and planning this. And I appreciate too what you said about it was um, something scary for you, something um, that was a challenge for you, but you proceeded to do it anyway. And so I, that was, I admire that. I'm not sure I could do that yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all do hard things, right? And some of us do hard things that we're good at. And some of us do hard things that we're not very good at. And, you know, we all need to find our little place where we can, we can do that. And, you know, I know that you're doing awesome things, Kimberly, and I'm grateful for my association with you because you're helping me learn a lot as well. And the things that you've um, pushed back on with me, that have helped develop me and help me be better. I mean, that is, um, that's inspiring to me. So, um, so I appreciate that. Hmm. I didn't know I did that. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the best parts of the, the mastermind, you know, and all of the things that you're talking about, um, spreading that, 
um, encouragement and, and just the, the great practices that are happening on campuses all over the place. Uh, you know, I would have never met either either one of you had it not been for uh, the podcast and the mastermind. And I, I definitely am challenged every day uh, and always think about, great, what am I going to be able to bring back next Thursday? Exactly. So, yes. Well, Kevin, yeah, what did I do transformative this week? <laughs> That's right. Because you did something. And if you didn't, you better hurry up and do something. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's Wednesday. It's the first day of school. What am I going to do for tomorrow? <laughs> so. But that's a really good thing for me too, Kevin, because it makes me accountable. It's like, oh, crap, it's still on Thursday. Um, I need to remember what are my goals and what am I doing? So that's just been a real beneficial um, aspect of this for me, mm-hmm. my accountability piece, because you get lost in so many things, right? Yeah. Well, most definitely. So, and I will tell you, uh, Jester, I went through a similar experience uh, this past week with the, the Afraid to Ask. You know, I think I shared with you guys that I was looking for speakers for kind of a staff speaker series uh, that that would help bring forth some of the, the big topics that I want to talk about. And just on my drive one day, I remembered a chef at uh, Williams-Sonoma, you know, which is a, I was buying pots and pans, and he was selling baked goods. And I was watching for a little while, and I realized there was something just a little off. Um, so I went over to have a conversation with him, you know, like any educator or a little curious about what's going on and learned that he was autistic and was trying to start up his own baking business. Um, so on my on my way home, as I'm trying to think of who to invite, I thought of that young man uh, and I remembered the name of the bakery. It had been, Bob and I figured out it must have been about three years ago, remembered the name of the bakery and he had just struck me as such an interesting young guy. Um, and asked him, I knew that he was not a fan of school, but asked him if he would be willing to come and speak with our staff um, and was shocked that, you know, he, he came out, he brought a whole bunch of big goods for our staff, which is great for staff training. Uh, but his message was just so inspiring and so incredible. You know, I think our teachers were really struck. But I, I just called somebody from three years ago that I've had no contact with uh, just to come see if he would go and confront something that he's not a fan of being teachers in school and he was overjoyed very willing that's great kevin that's so cool that is amazing yeah he just he just showed up um, and the teachers of course just loved him and good tears in the room and i think one of the most powerful moments for all of us one of my kindergarten teachers asked what was your favorite moment in school why don't you just share one experience with us um, that can help guide us and inspire us for this year. And, of course, you know, being so honest, just sit there for a second and he said, I honestly can't remember a single moment that I enjoyed in school. And he's probably 30 now. In its simplicity, I think that that was one of the most powerful moments uh, of the entire moment, of the entire morning, but also of the entire staff development. I got goosebumps when you shared that story, Kevin. Yeah, that is awesome. It was it was a really inspiring moment, and Jethro, I will tell you that it was inspired by a transformative principle. You know, just finding people. I'm inspired by the people that you have on your show, and uh, I know that my teachers can get some of that value. And I know that those people, like you shared earlier, those people are everywhere, um, and it's just finding them and finding a way to get their story. And this was certainly an experience where everyone walked away with the best 
that we were looking for, which uh, is kind of the, the old quote, you know, be nice to your children because you never know who they'll become. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're looking at a guy who's a very successful chef that was pushed aside and ignored in school because of his autism. And it takes all shapes and sizes. And he's certainly extremely successful now. And as teachers, hopefully we're all kicking ourselves a little bit going, oh man, I missed so many great opportunities. At least for that child, you say, hey, tell me one good moment in school. He should have had something, just one thing. And and he just didn't have it. Mm -hmm. So, Hmm. It's too bad. So none of our kids are going to walk out with that experience. No. But that you're mindful of that and that it's it's a passion of yours. Just think how many kids are going to benefit from that. I always think, what's the impact of kids? And, you know, right. that's the work that we do is what's the impact mm-hmm. for a kid. So. Right. Yeah. So, Jethro, I'm going to lead us back to your um, summit conversation and um, tell us more about what other key insights that uh, you learned through this process. I'm just I'm really interested in, 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 I mean, there were so many wonderful presenters and thinking and tidbits to take away. What, what are some of the meaningful um, experiences that really resonated with you and your practice as a, a building principal? So there obviously was a ton, right? And for me to like pull out one thing is, is asking a lot, right? However, I think that that's something that I need to do as someone who organized this and, and made it happen. So I think the first thing and this has nothing to do with anybody that I talk to, though I think they would all agree, and that's why it's the, f- the first thing, is that sometimes we need to realize, we need to recognize our pride and and realize that we can't do everything. And I thought when I started it that I was going to do this all on my own. And, and I was talking to... Uh, Daniel Bauer on the phone about it and just running the idea past him. And he said, well, that sounds like something I'd be interested in helping out with. And my, the prideful side of me that always, you know, takes over way too much. It, it said, no, you don't need any help. You don't need to share any of this with anybody. You just do it yourself. And I, I said, well, cool. Thanks. I'm not sure how I would have you help yet but I appreciate the offer. And within like 30 seconds, I was like, are you crazy? This guy is offering to help do something that is super difficult, take advantage of it and get the help and quit being such a prideful jerk. So, so that's what I did. I told him, yeah, that'd be great. If you can do some interviews, that'd be good. And he's a really good writer. So he's done a lot of the writing of the emails that get sent out each day. And those two things have helped way more than I could have ever thought. And he's done a phenomenal job of supporting me and helping me do it. And he's been a great partner for, for making it happen. But there was a lot of other stuff that I couldn't do myself. So I hired people to, to design the graphics because I'm not good at that. I hired people to put all the videos together because I could do that, but I'm not very good at that. So that cool little intro where the butterfly flies in at the beginning of each of the videos, I just love that. I think that is so awesome. And this uh, lady named Brianna did that as I hired her to to make an intro, to make the outro, and then to um, to put all the videos together and get them ready to to upload. And so 
you know, being able to say, I can't do this on my own and reaching out to others for help has been vital. And, you know, this started way back in August of last year when I hired someone to start editing the podcast for me, realizing that I just didn't have the bandwidth to do that myself. And, and that's pretty scary too, because now I'm now doing everything just costs more money. (laughs) And so that's, you know, I'm the only breadwinner in my house and, and I've got four small kids and my wife stays at home. And, you know, those are risks that, that I'm taking, but I do it because I know that I can't do it on my own. And I could do a lot of things on my own, but I would lose out on a lot of other important things. So the thing that I'm taking back to my school this year is the idea of shared leadership and having my teachers take more on as leadership things. So, and this isn't like to like put more on their plates. This is for them to own what is happening and own what they can do to change things. So, and and I've already seen dividends pay from this in just a short time. When new teachers come to Kodiak, we meet them at the ferry and we are at the, at the airport, depending on how they get here. And we have a little box that we give them with little goodies inside it to help them feel welcome. And I have a teacher who is like in love with that idea and she is phenomenal and she does a way better job than I ever could of getting all that stuff together. She makes this cute little welcome to KMS little thing that goes on the front of the box and it's just awesome. So I've pushed that onto her. She has taken that gladly because it's something that she's good at. And then there have been a number of other little things that when I, as the principal, don't have to know all the details about those, then that is something that can actually grow and become much bigger than I could ever make it. So that doesn't really have anything to do with anybody that I talk to, but that is definitely something that I've learned. And we hear that all the time, and it oftentimes takes us learning it in this way to to know it and to really internalize it. The second big thing that I've taken away is that I've developed a lot of relationships over the years through Twitter, through Voxer, through just reading people's blogs, commenting and, and writing my own, which I haven't done much of recently. And what I have learned from that is that those relationships matter and are real and our relationships with others are so vital to the work that we do. So I needed to have a relationship with these people before I started asking them to be part of the summit for the most part. And once the ball kind of got rolling, then people who I didn't have a relationship with, I was able to ask them and they agreed to be part of it because of what I had already done. They saw that I had credibility, that I was bringing all these different people together. So July 3rd is when I published the website, transformativeleadershipsummit.com, and people could see who was on the list. And most everybody had confirmed that they were going to do it. Once I published that and people saw, then I started getting more people who were willing to be part of it before they were part of it. So they had an opportunity to, to see that I had some credibility. But those relationships in the beginning, they were 
very important. And for example, Glenn Robbins was one of the first people that I interviewed and he was a yes early on that said, yeah, let's, let's make it happen. I'm totally on board. How can I help? And because I had that relationship already, I was able to get a little more confidence and start asking more people and, and feel good about it. And it just, it takes time. And the relationships that you have, if you're in on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever, they are real, even though we often discredit them because they are online only. So relationships would be the second thing. And the third big takeaway that I'm taking back to my work, really, I'm pretty sure that just about everybody said something about how important culture is. And we talk about culture in these, you know, big grandiose terms that are super hard to define and and what does culture really mean. And, you know, at the Model Schools Conference, Bill Daggett talks about culture trump strategy, and that is so true. We can have the best laid plans, but if we don't have the right culture in our building, then we can't really, you know, make anything go the way that we want it to. So we need to make sure that we do have the right culture and we do have a a good feeling in our building. And and for me personally, I believe the way that, that we do that is through communicating with others. And Jennifer Abrams uh, talked about communicating with hard conversations and how we need to avoid the saliva moment, which I had never heard before, but I thought that was a really good way of looking at it. But that communication needs to happen. We need to have hard conversations, but we need to respect each other enough to say, I'm still honoring you no matter what. And I still care about you and I want you to be successful, but I'm going to draw the line and I'm going to do it in a clear way as a benefit to you. So that communication of having hard conversations, of hearing from teachers, of listening to teachers, listening to students, those are all just really important. And then the fourth thing is uh, taking care of yourself as the leader. And we need to do that. And that is very important. We need to take care of our own professional development. We can't rely on other other people to tell us what we're going to learn. And we need to go out and learn the things that we need to learn and not be afraid of that. And and if we leave it up to somebody else, I mean, how many times do we sit in meetings or professional development and we're like, this is a total waste of time. And the reality is, is that happens all too often. And we need to start saying, I'm done wasting my time. I'm going to do something better with my time. And I hope that this the way that I set up the summit so that people could come and take what they needed. And then if they wanted everything, they could get it. I believe that that is a way to set it up so that people can really get the most benefit from it. And if I can do that, then I believe that people will be able to be more in control. People will feel more confident in what they're doing. People will lead better schools because they're taking control of their own learning. And so there's, there's just a few things. Now, I can go on and on because I learned so much from this, but I would say those are, those are some of the, the big things there. I really appreciate that you said uh, shared ownership. That was great. And then taking charge of our own learning. That has been my biggest aha. Mm-hmm. Nobody can do that for you. You need to take care of that yourself. So that's why I'm here every week. Yeah, and... I really appreciate that and know that that is, that is powerful for me and that 
encourages me to really make sure that this is valuable for you because I, I know that it can be very powerful. Right. Just for instance, you know, you, you helped me get connected to the person I needed to, to uh, share my story on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's been such a delight for me. And even though I haven't been able to dive into the feedback that she gave me yet, um, it's there for me when I'm done with my place I'm at now so I can move forward and really start to impact our school culture because culture trumps strategy. You're right. So that's my thinking. That was my takeaway. So uh, what am I going to do to to take care of that culture Mm -hmm. as a priority? So uh, you're um, helping me professionally reach out to people that I may or may not have knowledge of or an understanding of their work. And that's been impactful for my own practice. Well, you know, what's, what's awesome to me is that when you started talking last week about listening to Melissa Emler and wanting to learn from her, I've talked to her numerous times and had many conversations with her and I respect her a great deal. And I also listened to that principal podcast where she talked about the Facebook page. And I was like, that's awesome. That's exactly what we need. And there was, as soon as we finished the mastermind, the first thing I did was create that group chat with us on Voxer and then reach out and connect you guys because I had that connection and you needed that connection. And because of the generosity that I've learned from all these people, I knew that that was the best thing that I could do was to connect you two because she's an expert and you need an expert. And I knew that she would help you out. So what's cool is that this Saturday for the all access pass holders for the summit, She's doing a Facebook audit and walking through somebody who hasn't thought at all about about how to do their Facebook page and has just been like posting whenever, whatever, and she's going to do an audit to help figure out what that looks like. And then that's going to be recorded and available for the all access pass holders so that they can sit down and watch that and see all the things that she's doing and how they can figure that out and make it more impactful. I mean, you having that question inspired more awesome things to happen. And now we're going to get a whole thing that Melissa has said, I've been wanting to do this for a long time and I just haven't ever sat down to do it. And I said, well, now's your chance. Come do this with me and let's make it happen. And that's, you know, that's awesome. That's the power of these connections and being able to talk to each other in this powerful way. So I just think that it's so cool. And I, I, I just love being able to connect with people like that. Is she going to use your Facebook page, your school Facebook page? Yeah, because I haven't even thought about it like you have. And so I've known that it's something that I could probably do better, but I just haven't done it yet. So the other thing is I'm going to have some social media interns this year. And some of these seventh or eighth graders that are like always on social media, they're going to start looking at that stuff. And I'm really excited about that. So that'll be a cool opportunity for me to, to show what it can look like. And then I'll be able to give updates later and say, this is what our Facebook page is doing now. And I just think that that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we started our conversation about talking about how um, what we do impacts kids. Just imagine that opportunity that you're going to give to a couple of kids to be in charge of your social media. I mean, they are going to remember that forever. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're going to have a living document 
of what they did. And, you know, I can do this yeah. and it's going to call a transition over into their high school, college and career. I mean, that's our ultimate goal, right? So I'm totally jealous. You have help. This is <laughs> me. It's just me at our site. And I've got to find a person to give up some of that responsibility to. Yeah. And I think you will. And I think as you start talking about it out loud, then you'll find people who are like, oh, you know what? I actually could do that. And I believe you've got someone there, Kimberly. And you oh, should, I know. I got to just kind of find them. Yeah. And they're just afraid that you would frown upon that kind of interest. And once they know that you're on board, they'll be like, I'll, I'll do that, please. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, I can <laughs> Yeah, we have a group of parents, Kimberly, that, that kind of came out of the woodwork and, and run our Facebook page. We do a weekly newsletter to our parents, um, and they're the communication arm of our school site council. And, um, you know, kind of like you, I was like, man, it's just me. I don't have anybody to, to really help out with this. And um, just in some conversations with some parents that I knew that were very active in social media, found a whole group of people. Um, and now I don't even touch our Facebook page. I just, I'm always like, wow, I'm so happy that they've already communicated that stuff because I had totally forgot. Well, my biggest takeaway is that uh, Facebook should tell your story and not your, uh, not your calendar. So I'm really have, we have some special stories to share and I really want to make sure that my families are aware of that, those little moments. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular moment or interview or, um, that stands out from, from the summit? Hmm. I, I think there are a couple. The first one that I would say stands out is the interview with, with Liz Wiseman because she articulated something that I have been pondering for years since I was 16, actually, is when I first started thinking about it. And as you know, I'm a, a spiritual person and I have a belief that I am a child of God and that he loves me and that I can be like him in the future and I can become perfect eventually. And one of the things that I've always struggled with is that in church, we also learn that we should be humble and I'm not very good at being humble and my dad called me Jethro centric when I was a kid and uh, didn't know what that meant. And so I looked it up and he said, I looked up heliocentric and I said, that means that the sun is the center of the universe. And he said, yeah. And so I said, so that means that I'm the center of the universe. And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, that's right, dad. (laughs) He said, you just don't get it, kid. (laughs) You're not the center of the universe. But I, I believe that we all have so much potential and we need to have confidence that we can do these difficult things and be successful in our lives. And Liz Wiseman called that high self-confidence and low situational confidence. And what she meant by that was you need to know that you can lead your organization. You need to know that you can do the things that need to be done. But you need to be humble enough to say, I don't know everything and I don't know everything in this space. So when it is time for me to start leading, I'm going to be confident that we can do the work at hand at hand, but I'm going to be humble enough to say, I don't know exactly how to do it or how it's going to work here. And even if you've been a principal in another school, you can't just take all of that information to the new place and automatically implement it. You have to take what you can and grow from there. 
So that one was very powerful to me. I think another one that really stands out specifically, gosh, there are so many, so it's hard to like narrow down to to just one. And that was part of the the fun of doing this. So I think the one that was probably most fascinating considering where I'm at right now was the interview with Kendra Washington Bass. And Kendra is, as far as I know, not on social media. She'll probably never hear this or know that it even exists, but she is a workhorse who's doing awesome things, training nearly, I think nearly 500 people in her district, huge district and 500 principals they have like 150 principals and 450 assistant principals or some, I can't remember the numbers exactly, but a lot of people. And so she's like this workhorse who's training all of these people on how to be good principals. And she's like, that's her full-time job. And that just sounds awesome. And she talks so much about vision and understanding the culture and all of that stuff. And that's a huge number of principles that she's training and she's got to get them all in going in the same direction. And, you know, sometimes in a, in a small school district like mine, we don't all see the same thing. And I can't imagine in a district that big, how many different opinions there are about what should happen. And she also talked about her superintendent who has been the superintendent for 28 years and my superintendent is is on his ninth year and he's been here a long time but that guy's been the superintendent for 28 years and that is a whole entire career just being the superintendent and that kind of staying power is really impressive and the the processes that they have in place as a district and the things that they do to support and grow leaders. And I asked her if she, if they hire anybody outside of the district, because I figured with that many positions, they'd have to. And the reality is, no, they don't. They've got, they grow all their own leadership within the district. And you can't get a head principal job without being in the district for a couple of years first. And to have that kind of a process in place, that is just inspiring. It shows me that I've got a long way to go before I've reached where I want to be. And just, man, what a cool thing to be able to manage that many people and grow that many leaders every single year. And then to have the processes in place to make sure that it's successful. That one was was awesome. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to that one because that one is is definitely a, a cool one. Oh, that's great. I also... Thanks uh, for sharing. Yeah, that was, that was really... I don't think I've listened to that one yet. Another thing that I really enjoyed was when you and Daniel get together, you guys just feed off of each other. I think that's really, um, it's just fun to hear you guys talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, right? I laugh. I, it's just, you're entertaining, I guess. Yes. Well, um, I think uh, Daniel definitely brings that out in me, and he uh, he has been an awesome support through all of this and he hasn't been on the last couple of webinars because he's looking to get a job down in Houston and so he's been traveling down there and I didn't realize how much I missed him and he, we've never met in person and we've gone a couple of days without talking and just texting and you know it's not like we talk every single day but he's definitely 
been an inspiration for me and someone who has who has helped me. So it's uh, it's fascinating how how these relationships grow when you're not even in the same place and you you know invest in each other and support each other. And it's been it's been awesome. He's definitely an awesome friend for sure. Well, didn't you guys both also interview each other for your different podcasts? Yeah, we did when we when we started the mastermind, and that was another thing is we we both had that idea at about the same time and started developing it independently of each other, and then started coming together a little bit once we once we knew that the other was doing stuff. So yeah, so we interviewed each other for that, and part one was on his podcast, and part two was on mine. But yeah, he's definitely a fun guy and definitely someone who's awesome to work with. I tried to get him to come up here because we had a position open up here but it didn't happen oh well <laughs> i'll take him out to dinner in phoenix oh well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know kevin my dad lives in phoenix i'm gonna come see you one day <laughs> there you go i you know i can really offer stands for you too i will take you out to dinner in phoenix <laughs> it started with vicky davis but it'll it'll just extend to anybody that jester can get to come to phoenix it'll be like his <laughs> uncle I think Jester's uncle out to dinner sometime. That will be great. My uncle would love that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kevin, I wanted to let you know that your um, your thoughts last week about Google Classrooms tweaked my interest. I don't know if I'm um, ready for it, but I've been watching some YouTube videos, and um, there was actually a chat on Boxer that I participated in. I was very vulnerable and brave and shared. Good but job. Uh, PLN. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, I just really appreciate you sharing that to, to have me something new to think about because my staff is ready for that. I don't think I am yet, but I'm getting closer. I don't think I am either, Kimberly, just to be completely <laughs> honest. But I just decided to jump. You know, I, I watched a really inspirational video a couple of days ago, and it was like, hey, we've all made it to where we are now, and, and you know, we've never fallen and so sometimes you just have to jump. So I, I decided that it was going to be the best way for me to kind of keep track of everything that was going on. When I add assignments um, into the Google Classroom, it automatically puts it on our staff's calendar. So I was able to, to do some of those things um, and cut down on, I, I guess, email traffic, which I don't do a lot of anyway, but just thought of it as a great place to, to start. And I think we're going to continue it. Um, which has been, which of course is challenging for me, but I'm going to just put it on my calendar. Like, okay, let's get up to date in Google Classroom. Um, so I agree. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think that I'm ready for it. It's like that one more thing. Um, but I think it takes three or four things off of my staff's plate. Um, so I'll, I'll add one more thing if they'll uh, benefit from that. That's great. I'd love to see the video that you viewed. I'm looking for an inspirational video. So you have to put that on the facebook page or send it to the dropbox or whatever i will and i'll i'll add you to our google classroom i was going to last week i will add you to it that way you can kind of see how simple uh, of an idea it is um and most of the staff right now are, are responding privately so if there's a particular question or a topic that interests you i can kind of share some of their posts but most of them are still private and I don't. I think some of that is is usage. They're not familiar with how to post publicly, uh, and some of that is intentional. So we're going to move towards a more. We're a very open family environment, um, but you'll see a lot of the questions are kind of deep and probing, 
And so it's not something that I think a lot of people are ready to just share openly. That speaks a lot about your culture. That's awesome. We have fun. I bet you do. Spend enough time here. You got to love it, right? So let me just, oh, let me just close with this. For me, what you talked about, Kevin, you weren't quite ready. You're not quite ready. I also was not quite ready for doing this and leaping out and making it happen is worth the effort to do something you're not quite ready for. So when you get scared, don't be scared, just make it happen. And that's my parting words about the summit. So thank you for, for being part of it and giving me feedback and helping me make it awesome. You guys rock. Okay. Next week. Thank okay. you. See you next week. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs> See you next week. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to the Transformative Principle podcast today. Thank you for listening and sticking through to the end. I'd be remiss if I didn't thank those awesome educators that I have in the mastermind with me. They believe in me. I believe in them. Together, we work to make our schools better, and it is inspiring and an honor to be associated with them. One thing I failed to say in there that was pretty messed up is how much of a support they were in helping the summit actually happen. And I need to make sure I thank them because they pushed me. They made me believe that I could do it. And as I was talking about it, they were encouraging and supportive when those were my goals for the weeks. They held me accountable and made sure that I actually completed what I said I would. So thank you, Kimberly, Terry, Kevin, Margaret. You guys have been an inspiration to me. So thank you. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.